This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and happy six-month anniversary to me and to my producer, Kelly Robotham, and our show, Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and I can't believe we are on episode 26 already. We have a special show lined up for you today. I'm going to be interviewing someone who has probably interviewed more people than I've ever met. News legend Peter Mansbridge is on the show today. We all know about his professional profile, but he also has three little people who call him Grampy, whom he dedicated his new book, Off the Record, to. We're going to talk about his book, as well as his views on whether kids today need to be exposed to and explained to all of the news that is happening all of the time through 24-7 news channels and social media. I also wonder if his grandkids know who he is, really. I'll be asking him. Also on the show today, we tackle a tough subject, that of divorce. It is, of course, difficult for parents of young children to consider and then go through with it, and one of the main areas of concern they have is for the kids. How can grandparents help their grandkids get through their parents' separation and divorce, and what role, if any, should they play? I talked to psychotherapist Kelly Boss about that today, and she's going to give us some advice on helping the kids to process this, as well as how grandparents can navigate potentially difficult relationships with the ex and the ex's family. Our Take 5 with RBC series takes us up north to the Bruce Trail, specifically to meet Brett Shepley, who retired from RBC after 40 years with the company. He's going to tell us about his substantial second act, which involves leading, organizing, mentoring, coaching, and grandparenting. Sounds like he's never been busier, and it's sure to inspire all of us to be more community-minded. So instead of a nightly newscast, we are casting out some daytime fun and facts on this Saturday morning. So get that coffee going and turn up the volume just a bit so you can hear every word. Peter Mansbridge is up first. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Peter Mansbridge is one of Canada's most respected journalists. He is the former chief correspondent for CBC News, anchor of The National, CBC's flagship nightly newscast, where he worked for 30 years reporting on national and international news stories, and host of Mansbridge One-on-One. He has received over a dozen national awards for broadcast excellence, including a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. He is a distinguished fellow of the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy at the University of Toronto and the former two-term chancellor of Mount Wilson University. In 2008, he was made an Officer of the Order of Canada, the country's highest civilian honour. And in 2012, he was awarded the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal. He is the author of the instant number one national bestsellers, Off the Record and Extraordinary Canadians, and also the national bestseller, Peter Mansbridge One-on-One, Favourite Conversations and the Stories Behind Them. He lives in Stratford, Ontario. Good morning, Peter Mansbridge. Thanks for joining the show today. Hey, good morning, Kathy. Great to talk to you. I'm going to start off with dedication in your new book, Off the Record, and it says, for my grandchildren, honor, hope, and rider, so that they have some idea of what Grampy was doing before they came along. I love this introduction, so I have to ask you, tell me about your grandchildren. Well, they're great. They all live in Manitoba, 
right now. Oh, really? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, Honor and Hope are sisters. Uh, Honor is, uh, well, she's actually in Ottawa now. She's at the University of Ottawa. It's been a little bit crazy with the pandemic uh, when mm-hmm. she's been there and hasn't been there. But she's in chemical engineering, second year at University of Ottawa. And uh, Hope is uh, just finishing uh, high school. Uh, they're two really bright kids, very smart uh, and aware of the, what goes on around them. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryder is younger; he's about ten, okay, and he's in the, you know in grade school, but uh, a great little hockey player. Of course, kid as well. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a very proud grandpa, um, and your grandkids are, you know, they're, as you say, some of them are young adults, they're getting older. They've grown up sort of in a world where news is now 24-7, uh, social media is flipping past them all the time. What's your opinion? You know, do you think kids need to know about everything that's going on? There's a lot of conversations around what parents and grandparents should be sharing with their kids and talking to them about how you manage that with your grandkids. Well, you know, we, all three of them are voracious readers, uh, which is good. And I, uh, I really admire uh, that in them. And I'm talking about uh, books more than periodicals, but they're aware of what goes on around them. You know, they're, they're uh, maybe not so much writer, but they're but hope and honor are sort of big into social media, given their age. Mm-hmm. But they're careful and they're, you know, they're aware that there's a lot of garbage on social media, and so they're they're particular about what they read and uh, and what they move around between their friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Their parents spend a lot of time talking to them about these kind of issues, mm-hmm. but they're aware of what's going on around them, uh, and so I don't have a problem with with that. It's 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 when they're not you know particular about what they read, what they see. That's where I get worried. Absolutely. And it sounds like your oldest grandchild is into chemical engineering. That's amazing. Would any of them, do you think, lean towards journalism? And if they did, is that a field you would encourage them to go into now in today's world? Well, you know, obviously, I've you know, spent 50 years in journalism, and I'm <laughs> a, a big fan of, of when it's done well and, and done right. And I think we need journalism as, uh, you know, as part of a healthy democracy. Honor the uh, the one in chemical engineering, which of course I have no idea <laughs> where that <laughs> came from. Any, where the desire for that came along. So uh, journalism won't be uh, high on her uh, ideas list for the future. But uh, you never know with uh, with Hope, the younger one, because she's the one who's like really voracious reader. She. She's she's big on history. She loves history, especially Canadian history. And um, she's, uh, you know, I could see her maybe one day mm-hmm. being involved in journalism. Ryder's still too young to think about, you know, he, he wants to be in the NHL or you know, exactly. something like that. So we'll see where that uh, where that ends up. Do you think your grandkids have a sense, Peter, of your legacy in journalism and media? Do they really sort of know who you are? I assume you get approached sometimes when you're with them. Yeah, that you know that does happen. I mean, I think they've they're aware to an extent. Now, the older ones have read the book already, so they they have a better a better idea now, <laughs> kind of what I've done in the past. But you know, there's you know there's a, there's a bit of an age gap there between uh, mm-hmm. me and them and you know they weren't even around for most of what I did in my career so uh, that's you know one of the reasons I wrote the book it really is uh, in terms of what's up there in the front pages is uh, you know it, it was a, the ability to 
to leave a record, a written mm-hmm. record of, of some of the things I'd done. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people wish, you know, their parents or grandparents had been able to do the same thing. It's one of the reasons why I talk today about, all you know, all of us, including my grandkids, writing down their experiences through this pandemic because that's history. And in mm-hmm. future generations, their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will refer back to those diaries, if you will, to understand what this period was like. Um, so, you know, writing things down and getting a sense of, uh, of your family history, I think, is an important thing. I love that. You're absolutely right. I mean, we don't have to write a book thinking it's going to be an international bestseller like yours, but just getting those just getting those thoughts down for the kids to remember. I love that idea. We did that at the beginning here with my four kids, and I have two grandsons writing down what we were going through. And I think that's a really wonderful piece of advice to pass on to our listeners. So what kind of a granddad or grampy are you, Peter? Are you a pushover compared to how you were with your own kids? <laughs> Um, probably. I mean, I'm kind of an absentee <laughs> grandparent, sad to say, as I was, mm-hmm. you know, in parenting as well, because I was away so much, mm-hmm. but more, even more so as a grandfather, because, you know, my kids are, uh, my grandkids are in Manitoba, and we've been through a pandemic for more than two years, yeah. and so getting a chance to see them has been rare. Absolutely. You know, there was a long period of time where they couldn't leave the province. I couldn't get into the province of Manitoba. That was a little different last year during the summer and the fall, but it's back again that way now. Hopefully it'll open up again in the next uh, the next little while. But, you know, I'm, I've not been a grandparent as I wasn't as a, a parent where I was there all the time. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? And and a lot of us, even my grandkids live around the corner, but I'm just on FaceTiming with them right now because we're being extra cautious. So you're right. It's a very interesting and difficult time to be a grandparent and to find ways to support our kids as they go through their parenting um, journey. So, Peter, you're also, you're not, you're not really retired at all. You are from CBC, but you're doing so many other things. Tell me about the podcast, The Bridge, which is really very popular. Yeah, it, it's been. It was started as a hobby two years ago in the 2019 election campaign. I just was planning. I planned on doing it for, you know, four or five weeks. My son kind of pushed me into it and said, "You know, you should really do this. There's things you can talk about." And uh, so I did, and it was it was clear it was kind of popular right out of the gate. And I, you know, I do it from my home. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic started, so I kept it going, and it became even more popular. And uh, a bidding war started from a couple of news organizations who wanted to buy the distribution rights to it. I eventually sold them to Sirius uh, XM Mm -hmm. Canada. And so Mm -hmm. it's out there now, both as a regular satellite radio show and as a podcast. And, you know, it's got... (laughs) I don't know why, but it, it, it... it's been very successful. It's, uh, you know, they measure things in podcasts by downloads. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're up around total of 4 million downloads after uh, a couple of years of this. And, uh, you know, which in the podcast world is apparently really good. 
it's very, it's very, it's very good. Yeah. I don't think it's anyone's surprise. You're being, you're being humble. Um, and I know speaking of humble, I loved your book and I loved the, the story about, of course, you've probably told us a million times about how you were discovered literally in an airport, um, doing announcements. So I have to ask you when you're in an airport, do you listen to see if you can find the next great voice? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes I hear them and then sometimes I hear some really bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Oh, five out of 10 for that announcement, buddy. (laughs) Exactly. Um, no, airports have been a funny part of my career. So many different things have happened to me, starting with that, yeah. uh, getting the opportunity to start working for the CBC and back in 1968 as a result of making an announcement in, in an airport. But, you know, other things have happened. People I've met, uh, people have offered me various jobs. I got a role in a Disney animated yeah. feature as a result of being in an airport when a guy saw me in the you know, going through the uh, security line turned out to be a vice president of Disney. And uh, the next thing you knew, he wanted me in this, in Zootopia, the movie. Uh, yeah, that that's was my Peter voice, Moosebridge, anyway. Moosebridge, right? Peter yeah, Moosebridge. Was... <laughs> they created the character's name for, for me. I mean, so that's, was, best... that's kind of fun. Best granddad role ever, right? Peter Moosebridge. Exactly. Well, to my grandkids, that was more more important than anything else I ever did in my career, was getting that role in Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, Peter, the book is full of wonderful stories like that. I really enjoyed it. I think I read it in one sitting. So great. We can find you as well on Twitter at Peter Mansbridge, Instagram at The Peter Mansbridge, and of course, your podcast, The Bridge. Thank you so much for joining. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's been a real treat talking to you. Take care. Kelly Boss is a psychotherapist focusing on individual, marriage, and family relationships. She is a well-known Canadian relationship expert and has appeared in a professional capacity in countless media markets as a guest and writer. Kelly draws her interpersonal relationships expertise from also being a wife and mom to two school-aged kids. Good morning, Kelly Boss. Thanks for joining me this morning. This is a tough subject. Divorce and separation always is. How can grandparents specifically help grandchildren process through divorce and separation of their parents? Yeah, you're right. It is such a difficult topic, and I think grandparents want to help. They want to help their kids. They want to help their grandchildren, but they don't always know what to do. And I read an article once, and it said something about grandparents emanating peace. And I love that because I think it's just so important that you create a safe place for Mm -hmm. everyone going through it. And I think that's hard because we all have our own feelings, right? And grandparents, of course, are having them too. So just being able to create a safe space. And some of that will be about being able to listen, being able to leave the adult issues, the adult issues, not bringing them around the kids respecting the plans that the adults have made, the parents Good point. around the yeah. kids. Because <laughs> that can be no, that's too, a, right? Yeah, that's a great point, especially when we're dealing, as you say, with emotions of dealing with an ex at some point and the ex's family, and we'll get into that as well. And I assume a lot of this has to do with the age of the grandkids as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Because as kids get older, they have more say in what they're going to do. But I think even still... You as grandparents want to, you know, just be a listening ear to those grandkids, no matter what the age and no matter what the opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And, th- and that brings up, as I said, like, how do we navigate these relationships with the ex-spouse or the soon-to-be ex-spouse and the ex's family? I mean, of course, those relationships might have been great in the past, might have been bad, but moving forward, how do we, how do we navigate that? 
Yeah, that's a good point too, Kathy, because sometimes they weren't good to begin with, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. You're moving forward. I think where you can be uh, as neutral as you can be, obviously you want to support your kid. Well, I guess that's not always obvious. I mean, sometimes people don't have the same opinion as their children and might take the side of the ex. But in many cases, you're trying to support your own kid as well as your grandkids. So some things you can do is just promote what you can, right? Be Mm -hmm. that, you know, optimist or that helpful voice that says, here's what's, you know, like this is going really great and, you know, be that positive person for the grandkids. Ideally, Mm -hmm. maybe you can be in a relationship or can be civil, but if it can't, keep that big picture in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot of, times that you can get caught up in things, what's fair, what's not fair, what hurt you, what didn't, you know, all these things that if you got just kind of stuck in that, it may affect your relationship with your grandkids going forward. And I think that's the big picture you really want to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I guess, you know, not regressing into sort of trash talking the ex and the ex's family and keeping those emotions and feelings to yourself. But of course, you are processing as the grandparent, you are also processing your own feelings about losing, you know, a family member potentially. Oh, there's so many feelings. And I think this is um, hard too, because sometimes I think you're so caught up in trying to help and be that supportive, be that person that could be a bit neutral in it all. And you don't always get to process your own feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really great to talk, but it reminds me of, and I don't know if you ever read the article, Kathy, but there's an article years ago. And it's from, I think she was a doctor, but she had breast cancer and she was talking about the dump out, comfort in. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. It's like these concentric circles, right? And so the idea is the person in the middle, the person having the crisis, they get to kind of say what they want to who they want, right? But as Mm -hmm. you go out, and if you say that person's in the middle, the next is their close family, like maybe their spouse, their kids, their close family members, the circle goes out to friends and acquaintances. You don't want people dumping in their stuff onto you in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to dump out and comfort in. So you want to, you know, if it's your child, then you can't be talking about how hard it is on you to them. I mean, there might be a place in that relationship, but for the most part, that's something you go to your friends for, like your that. outside supports, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always loved that idea because I think it helps. Um, you don't want to be giving advice, and you just want them to, you know, be that that person that can listen, but you need also to dump out. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You have every right. There's nothing wrong with your feelings. So maybe you want to talk to a therapist or just make sure you're talking to other friends or people who've been through it so that you can have that, your own support in it because that's very important too. Well, I think we could have spent a lot more time on this. It's such an important topic and every situation is different as we've just talked about. So if people want to find more about you, Kelly, they can go to your website, Kelly Boss, and that's K-E-L-L-Y-B-O-S.com on Twitter and Instagram, Kelly Boss Therapy, and on Facebook, Kelly Flanagan Boss Therapy. Thank you so much for your time, Kelly. Really appreciate that. Hopefully that helps some folks going through a difficult time right now. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kelly. Shapley retired from RBC as Vice President of Treasury Solutions after 40 years of service. His skills and experience list is long and includes leadership, business relationship management, payment services, financial analysis, and commercial lending. 
For Brett, the most enjoyable part of his working career was leadership and coaching, having attended the business executive training from the Stanford Graduate School of Business with a leadership and power focus and his coaching minor sports, both baseball and hockey, for over 30 years. Brett says, my just cause is to provide students and young leaders with insights and opportunities for conversations supporting their desire to achieve something great. Good morning, Brett. Thanks for joining me today as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. I don't think it sounds like you've retired very much, um, less than you've been finding a second act that uses your experience and knowledge well. Can you tell me a little bit about your three main focuses, volunteering, leadership and mentorship, and organizing? Sure. My wife and I bought a lot and built in 2007, and in about 2013, uh, we decided that once we both fully retired, we would uh, we'd make more our place uh, of residence. And throughout that time, uh, we do a lot of hiking the trails. Uh, we'd run the trails, snowshoe the trails uh, up here. So when I retired, uh, one of my sons said to me, Dad, why don't you become a trail captain? Hey, you're always on the trails anyways. And what a trail captain is is really making sure the trails are in good shape for people mm-hmm. who are hiking. So that that was as as, uh, as simple as the uh, as, as the Bruce Trail stuff, and and since then I've also become a property steward, looking after uh, um, you know 300 acres of land for them in the Nature Conservancy of Canada, and then a couple uh, being out in the community, uh, a couple of other people come to me and ask me if I would uh, mind uh, being on volunteer boards. Uh, so I, I accepted those roles as well. And the other uh, one of the other passions I had is leadership, and mm-hmm. I knew I was re- uh, going to retire at the end of June of 2019. So I stopped into the district school, which goes from kindergarten to grade 12, and talked to the principal in May of 2019, informing him that I would be retiring. And would there be any interest in working with the teachers with a focus on leadership? Um, he instantly accepted; thought it'd be a great idea. So in September of 2019, uh, we started and we're quick, quickly shut down in February of 2022 with COVID. Mm-hmm. But, right, right. But that actually spawned some new stuff in leadership uh, that I continue to do today. And then on the organizing piece, I my eight-year-old neighbor uh, was you know bugging me after I retired. Why don't you come play pickleball with us? Uh, there's a your eighty-year-old neighbor. That's amazing. <laughs> Yes. He wasn't the oldest out there. Oh, wow. And so one Sunday morning, I said, yes, I'll go out. And by the time that uh, bead of sweat dropped off my nose, I was hooked. And I actually <laughs> I actually come back home, Googled the best pickleball players in Ontario, and reached out to Cam Taylor in Collingwood. And since then, it's... Um, you know, pickleball has been taking over my life as well. Wow, you're so busy. I love all of this stuff, all these great areas of your life that that you're getting involved in. Which one would you say you have the strongest passion for? Uh, the leadership and mentoring. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I even at the bank, I really enjoyed the leadership piece. And and so when I started helping at the school, some actually some former students uh, that I knew through just being up to Mori uh, were leaving university and getting out to the workforce. Uh, so I offered my, um, you know, if they need anything, any help with resumes or whatever, uh, I don't mind, um, you know, I don't mind sitting down with them and, and helping them. As well as I had some young leaders at the bank who didn't report to me, but reached out to me when I was, when I first retired to ask if there was any stuff I could share with them. 
And because I continue continue to get uh, daily briefs from the Harvard Business Review and Wall Street Journal, Simon Sinek, I decided I'd put together a group. uh, It's expanded now to over 20 young leaders. And I send them out emails every morning, you know, five or six in the morning. I forward everything I have out to them. And it's just my belief in leadership is more of dripping information. So giving them five or 10 minutes to read every day to keep their mind around leadership versus, you know, going just once a year to a a one-day seminar. So this is, you know, now the next generation of this is now I've been in lots of conversations with them on uh, applying for promotions, you know, preparing for interviews, and then the, uh, you know, the very nervous part of negotiating salary. So it's been really, um, it's been very enjoyable. I love it. They are so grateful um, and appreciative that it uh, it just makes it uh, very satisfying to work with them. So I'm just going to wrap up our conversation. We could have talked about this forever, but with your tips on how to get involved once you're retired. So you suggest take four to six weeks to re-energize, first of all. Look for the opportunities for paid work or volunteering. There's lots out there. And really think about what you enjoy doing, right? If you want to do more of it, and if you want to do something that you different than you've always done, talk to people in that area. I love those pieces of advice, Brett, and I could speak with you about this for a lot longer, but I'm just going to leave off with the website that you'd like people to visit, which is uh, the Friends of the Bruce, which is friendsofthebruce.ca and Tailored Pickleball. Thank you so much for your time today, Brett. Thank you. Thanks. If you haven't already, I encourage you to pick up Peter Mansbridge's new book, Off the Record. It's full of personal and professional stories written in an essay format and gives us a behind-the-scenes view of what it was like to be a journalist rising through the ranks before the age of 24-7 news and the internet. It's a great read. Next week's show is a loverly one because it's our Valentine's special. Two of my favorite ladies, professional chefs Julie Van Rosendahl and Marilyn Smith, are going to share some of their culinary secrets with me that we can share with our grandkids. Julie's new book, Cookies I Have Loved, speaks for itself. Great tips and recipes on cookies to make with love in grandma or granddad's kitchen. Marilyn is telling us all about the 2022 trend of cooking from your pantry. What can you find in your pantry to make the perfect Valentine's meal? And what heart-healthy foods should we be stocking in that pantry? Even the heart-healthiest among us need to make sure we have our affairs in order should something happen. Do you have a will? It's now easier than ever with the ability to do it online. Our Take 5 with RBC series looks at estate planning you can do online with epilogue wills. Thanks again for listening in. Please tell your friends about the great stuff we share here. And if you've missed some episodes, remember, they're on the Zoomer Radio website or where you find your podcasts under GoToGrandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.